Now through April 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for $1 down and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, Mr. I can't sleep at night, so I keep dozing off during the day. Especially you, Snoozy. You'll rest easier and feel fit-tacular. Wait, how did you get in here? Join in club or at planetfitness.com. $1 down, $10 a month, cancel any time. Hurry, deal ends April 14th. See club for details. At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy. All right, and we live. Y'all, welcome to another episode of Black Girl Interrupted. Of course, y'all already know it's your girl, Ash. Coming to y'all. Y'all know every Tuesday, every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. You know I'm always coming with something new. And to, there we go. I got my hands together now. So tonight, I got my son with me again tonight. What's up, baby boy? What's up? How's it going? It's good. It's good. How's your, I know it's only Tuesday, but how's your weekend? It's been fine. You know, the rain and everything. Kind of relaxing, though, but. Well, thank God you ain't have to go out and get in that rain today. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Thank God. All right. So y'all already know, before I start any episode, y'all already know I have to do my mental health check-in. So y'all drop in the comments. Let me know how you feeling. How's your week been? Like I say, I know it's only Tuesday, but you could have had a bad week last week. You could have had a bad day yesterday. You could have had a bad day today. Talk about it. Drop in the comments. Let me know how you feeling today. So how you feeling today, son? Mentally, how you feeling? I'm good. Um, yeah. Mentally, you good? It's been, it's, it's been, you know, a relaxing day, really. With this, with this rain and everything, it's just been in my room, really. On that video game, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I already know you're still on that video game. But, hey, I'd rather for you to be on that video game than to be in somebody's streets. So, while I'm waiting on all the comments to roll in, um, I do want to talk about some current events before I jump into tonight's topic. So, on Friday... The sentencing came down in regards to Derek Chauvin. So what do you think about that, son? In, in, a, in a roundabout way. So Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all three counts in the murder of George Floyd. So on Friday, it came down. He was sentenced to 22 and a half years. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like Justice was served, or do you feel like Derek Chauvin got a slap on the wrist? I don't think justice is served because there are, from what I've heard, there are people that are in prison for life for, like, less crimes than what Derek Chauvin did. Like, getting caught with weed, from what I hear, they get, like, life in prison, I think, for something like that. That's what I was Because there's this one guy I heard. I, I forgot his name. 
But if I look it up, I'll I I, I don't know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I understand. I mean, you know, I said that you know last week when the sentence came down, I was like twenty two and a half years. You have nonviolent offenders that get more time than that. You have people that commit armed robbery and nobody is murdered or nobody's killed and they're getting 30, 40 years. This man kneeled on a man. No, I'm sorry. For nine minutes and 29 seconds and all he got was 22 and a half years. And then, you know, for his mother to get up, she didn't acknowledge the family. First and foremost, she made the whole conversation about her. And I thought that was the, the most distasteful thing I had ever seen. But we understand where Derek Chauvin gets it from. So like mother, like son. Very callous, very cold hard. It was almost like she was blaming George Floyd for her son going to prison for 22 and a half years. How sweet. Like make it make sense you know that's really what i just understand but yeah but Derek chauvin put the picture back up 22 and a half years i'm utterly disgusted again we down we still have three more to go we do have the other three officers um that are slated to go on trial i believe august I don't know the exact date, but I do know it's in August. So I won't say justice is completely served until all four are convicted and, you know, found guilty and all four are convicted. Um, and like I see, and I'm going to say it again, I feel like the pension from these police officers, let me post their pictures. These police officers, I feel like their pension should go to the Floyd family, at least to the daughter. I feel like they should not get their pension because they all facilitated and participated in the murder of George Floyd. That's just my public opinion. Again, no one has to agree with me, but hey, that's the way I feel. I feel like they should stop giving them a slap on the wrist. So y'all keep dropping in the comments. Let me know how you're feeling. Like I say, y'all know I'm doing my mental health check-in. I need to know how everybody's doing. So son... You know, the 4th of July is coming. Are you celebrating the 4th? No, not really. <laughs> right, because we got Juneteenth. I mean, give it to us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've been celebrating Juneteenth long before they made it a federal holiday. But, hey, they the people do enough just to shut us black people up. Oh, they give us a holiday, but yet we don't get any type of police reform we get nothing in regards to voting but hey let's give them juneteenth it is what it is i've been celebrating it as long as i can remember it didn't make me a never mind if y'all made it a federal holiday but like i say y'all are celebrating i didn't care one way or another because i was still celebrating anyways so Oh, y'all keep dropping in the comments. Let me know how y'all are feeling. Like I say, y'all know I do my mental health check-in. If you, like I say, mental health awareness is the month of May, but y'all know the conversation in regards to mental health does not stop with me on May 31st. This is the conversation we have to 
continue having because mental health is so big and prominent right now in the black community, especially amongst young black men. And as we wind down June, like I said, this whole month I've been talking to black men. Every every topic has been in regards to black men, celebrating a black man, having conversations about the black man, because again, it's up to us to change the narrative in regards of how black men are portrayed in the media as well in society. Yes, they're bad apples in all races, but just because what you see on TV in regards to the black men does not apply to all black men. Yes, you have some deadbeat dads, but you also have 2.7 million dads that reside in a household with the mother and the child. And then you have 1.7 million that do not reside in the house with the child, but are still active in the child's life. So again, you can't argue with numbers. You can argue with people, but you can't argue facts. And if you don't believe me, go to the CDC and pull up the study in regards to black men and being fathers. We're actually, what, 12 or 13% higher than white men and about 20% higher than the Hispanic community. So yeah. Black men do take care of their children, regardless of what people say and regardless of what you see portrayed on TV. So, ah, jumping into tonight's topic. Hold on, let me get there. Hey, Sugar Plum. Hey, Willie. Look at my son. You see how big he is? The last time you saw him, he was young. But he's grown now. He's an adult. He's 20. My baby, 20 now. Good to see you. Good to see you tonight. Thank you for tuning in. All right, baby boy. So jumping into tonight's conversation. Ooh, we. I'm talking again. Black mother-son relationships. Boys in the motherhood. Hmm. So when you see that, what do you think? What do you think? Black mother-son relationships, boys in the motherhood. Let's talk about it, babe. Boys in the motherhood. Uh, how I how I see it is, you know, although you know, in some cases, the father is not in the child's life, so it's up to the mother to pick up the slacks that the father left off to teach her son how to be a man. You know, just teach him things on what to do and what not to do, that sort of thing, or conversations that you know I'm a father and son should have but it's instead the mother and the son that sort of thing right that you know that absolutely is you know black mother son relationships you got the boys in the motherhood you know you got the mama boy mama's boys or daddy's girls but black mother sons relationships are just as imperative as father-son relationships and father-daughter relationships. You know, I think we as mothers, we're the nurturers. So I think, you know, you as a black man in America, you need that nurturing side. You also need the disciplinary side. And mothers can do, can also provide the disciplinary. But I think we're more of the nurturers. We're more of the allow you to display your emotions at certain times you know we allow you to to be sad we allow you to be mad we allowed you to be you know we allow you to be happy so in regards to like i say the black mother-son relationships they're very imperative you know you do have 
um, the mothers, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, the mothers that are left to raise their sons without the fathers. And then you also have the fathers that are left to raise the sons without the mothers. But again, tonight, we're talking about boys in the motherhood. We're talking about these beautiful black mother-son relationships. And we're also going to talk about the toxic mother-son relationships because they can be toxic. You're looking at a prime example. There we go. I can't never get my hands right. But you're looking at a prime example of, of, a, of a toxic relationship that we're mending. You know, we're, we're still on that road to recovery. We're still on the road um, to healing. Um, and I think we're, you know, we're way better than what we where we were last year. I'll say that. We're, we're a lot better than where we were, you know. Hey, Azra, what's up, what's up? Hey, good to see you, hon. Good to see you. How you feeling? Drop in the comments. Let me know how you doing tonight. How you feeling, my love? Always a pleasure to see you. Love when you tune in. Love the comments and the knowledge that you drop on every episode. So going back into the black mother-son relationships, um, how important do you think it is to you for a mother to have a... a healthy relationship with her son or sons you know maybe she has one maybe she has four how imperative do you think that is in the black it's a, community it's as poor it's it is as important as it is for father and son relationship the, the way i see it so I'm glad you're doing well. You know, I you you already know I know love. You make your money. <laughs> and you know, anytime you miss an episode, you know you can always go back on YouTube and you could always watch it. You know how it goes. You know how that goes. So, sons, so in the black community, speaking of black mothers, black sons, how imperative do you think that relationship is? We already know it's imperative for the black boy to have his black, you know, to have his father. But how imperative do you think it is for the black son and the black mother relationship? Uh, hmm. Well, obviously, yeah, it, it is important. Uh, I can see it as, I guess, sh uh, sh shape of the boy to not treat women, you know, any type of way because... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, teaching the boys, you know, right from wrong with dealing with women and, you know, coming with advice, uh, lady advice with to the mother. If, you know, the guy himself doesn't know what to do, you know, have, have conversations that you wouldn't normally have with a father. That sort of that sort of conversation, I guess. So let me ask you, do you think it's important for a mother to display a healthy relationship so you will know as a man how to love and treat a woman? Yeah, because nine times out of 10 issues that most people have in the world comes from home. Mm. And you know, we're gonna get, we're gonna, we're gonna jump in, into that, that question I just asked you a little later on in the show. Um, because I have some things I want to ask you, you know, um, in regards to 
you know, do mothers need to display healthy type relationships to their sons so their sons will know how to love a, a woman, how to treat a woman, how, how a woman is supposed to be treated. So we're definitely going to jump into that um, a little later on into the show. But I do want to I do want to jump into this question right now. So, bro, so my baby boy, how does the black mother participate in the development and masculinity of the black man? How do you think the black mother contributes to that? Uh, definitely to show them that it's okay to, you know, to display your feelings, uh, to feel a certain type of way, you know, never, never have your feelings be invalidated. That sort of way. Oh, I like that. I, I, I really, oof. I like what you just said because we do contribute to your emotional, your mental, you know, we, we do, we as mothers, we do contribute to that. Hey, let's get it. What's up, my baby? Oh, I appreciate it. I absolutely do. Thank you. So he says, um, my prayers to my sis, Ash, respect for what you do on your platform. All love. Absolutely. You know, it's always love. Every time you come through, I appreciate your you know, when you're popping, even if it's for five minutes, even if it's for 30 seconds, I absolutely appreciate it. And I love, love, love all the love that you can see to show me every time my face graces your screen. <laughs> so I do appreciate that. I do thank you for that. So. Morning, noon and bite. It's buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Choose from a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage McGriddles, and hash browns. For lunch, enjoy a McDouble, McChicken, six-piece chicken McNuggets, and more. Buy one, get one for a dollar. You can get two of the same item or mix and match them. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value cannot be combined with any other offer. At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, Literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy. I think, okay, so my opinion, how does the black mother participate in the development and masculinity of the black man? Um, she allows him to be a man, you know. Um, I think when it comes, like, to me with you, um, I never downed your emotions. You know, I always allowed you, if you, to be angry, I allow you to be angry because you're human and you're supposed to feel that, you know, when you're happy, when you laugh, when you cry. I never told you that crying is for for um, for punks or, or sissies, you know, that if you cry or you display any type of emotion, it makes you less of a man. I never told you that um, because you're human and that's the human side of you is when you're sad. You should be allowed to feel 
those emotions. If you want to cry, you should be allowed to cry and not feel like, oh my God, if I cry, am I going to be looked at as less of a man or, or less of a boy? You, you get what I'm saying? Because I have heard that. You know, I've heard mothers and, you know, and I've heard fathers tell their sons crying is for punks. You know, you never let a woman uh, see your, see your, you never, never be vulnerable with a woman. You know what I'm saying? Because um, that's a sign of weakness. And I don't want you to feel like that. You get what I'm saying? I remember, you know, moments where you were sad and you cried and I was just like, Oh my baby. But I wanted you to feel that even as you get older. Yeah. You're 20, you know, but even as you get older, you know, when you get 25 and 30, that I want you to know it's, it's okay to cry. And that does not make you less of a man. You're human. You know, when you feel pain, what, what do you do? You cry. You know, when you're angry, you're supposed to be angry. You know, when you're happy, you're supposed to laugh. You're supposed to joke. You're supposed to play. You're supposed to do all of that. That does not make you less of a man. And I feel like how we participate in the development, like I say, um, I described the masculinity part of it, but the development is I give you that nurturing. You know, I, I give you that um, that it's okay to feel the way that you feel. It's okay um, I just had it and just really completely lost my train of thought. But um, I allow you to um, I just had it, Corey. And it just really complete. Like my mind just literally just went blank. I feel so crazy right now. Um, oh, the development. How do I participate in the in your development? Um, no, I can't show you how to be a man, but I can show you how to be loving, how to be caring, and how to be nurturing. You know, and even as sometimes I can show you the discipline, the, the disciplinary side of it as well. If that makes sense, you know. Oh, I love you too, my baby. My let's get it, GA. I love you too, Sugar Plum. So, Azrael says, I personally feel like mothers teach their sons the importance of how to choose relationships in their lives. You just said that. The importance of them. Uh, being themselves and not trying to fit in and not trying to overcompensate to impress. Um, Ezra says, I grew up with my father and not my mother. The combination of having the type of father I did and not having my mom in my life, I typically just stayed away and never interacted with anybody. I didn't know how. I didn't even have a first girlfriend until I was 17. He said I was so lost. So what do you think about that, Pop? What do you think about what he just said? Because that, that's yeah. like basically what you just said. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's different for everyone. Some people are able to bounce back from that. Others may not. Everyone's different. So do you agree with him saying like, you know, we teach you the importance of how to choose the relationships in your life? Because I think that's what you said. You know, that, that goes back to your comment when you said um, you're able to come to us and, and we teach you how a woman's supposed to be treated. You yeah. know, 
open the door for her, you know, do this and, you know, hold her hand, make sure she's on the, the left side of you and you're on the right side of her. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what they say about how, how mothers are. And and to, let me pull this comment back up. And also the importance of being themselves and not trying to fit in. I remember, you know, watching you go from elementary to middle school and into high school and how you somewhat became, um, and, and I really don't like to use the word loner, but that's, that's, it was like you were by yourself. And I remember telling you, don't worry about what they say about you. You just be you. I remember telling you that. No, it, it wasn't, you know, because I was a loner. It's just that uh, I didn't really have that many, like, close, close friends. It Because... I never like put labels on like saying, oh, so-and-so is my best friend. That sort of thing is just, if I'm cool with someone, I'm cool. And shifting from elementary school to middle school, it was just, I had acquaintances and also into high school as well. I just had acquaintances. I see I was cool with people at school, but I didn't, they didn't, I didn't really like hang that much with people after school, after high school or no, not after high school, but like after school or anything like that, or anyone told me to come hang out or anything like that. And I think a lot of that was because, you know, like I like I would tell you, you're different, you know, you're special, you know, the things that you like to do a lot of, and, and, and I'm going to go ahead and see it. A lot of black kids are not into what you're into. You know, you're into comic books, you know, you're into marvel and and dc did i say that right marvel and dc um mm -hmm. you know you're into all genres of music you you know you could go from listening to nwa to you could be listening to to um classical music you know and that was one of the and that that's one of the things that i love the most about you is that you're just gonna be you and I know it took you a little while to, to really kind of come into you, but that was one of the things that I admire about you. And I even do still to this day is like, you don't care. You just, you're like, and I, and for lack of better words, fuck it. You either like me or you don't. <laughs> that, I mean, and, and that's what, and that's one of the things that I admire about you is because you're just going to be you regardless, you know, whether you're, listening to Childish Gambino or whether you're listening to Bach, you know what I'm saying? Some type of classical music. So I, I really love that about you. Um, and that that differs you between you and your sisters, you know, because all three of y'all have different personalities. Y'all are all three very different. But I love the, like I say, I like the fact that at one point you were an introvert. You really kind of, you know, you stayed in. Even though I was like, Corey, go on. You know, I, I wanted you to go hang out, but I also wanted you to be mindful of the people you called your friends to. So I, I really love that. And I love the man, the young man that you're growing into be. You know, you're soon to be 21. January will be here before you know it. So you're soon to be 21. So I can't wait to see what happens when you turn 21 and, and, and how 
your life propels after that. So I'm absolutely excited. Hey, Big Brother Will. Y'all don't forget, y'all check out Big Brother Will on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central Time on the Black Mailed Podcast. And don't forget on Sundays, the ADHD Hour. Both of them are on Facebook and you can find both of them on YouTube. So y'all check in with Black uh, with Big Brother Will because, man, he did an amazing episode. I totally forgot all about it, but he's doing um, some segments. Um, tonight he did, he's doing the cancers of the Black community and tonight he started with Black on Black Violence. I hate I missed it, but don't forget, y'all can always follow the Black Male Podcast on YouTube and catch the recap because trust and believe, I'm going to tune into it. I hate I missed it, but hey, I'm gonna go back and watch the recap, and you know, I'm definitely gonna leave my comments on it. So big ups to you, big brother. Um, and look forward to me and big brother Will. Um, we have an amazing project that we have coming um for the end of the year. So y'all stay tuned for that. All right, um, baby boy. So let me I, I have a video and, and I actually grabbed this from the Oprah Winfrey Network. Yeah, but I normally have my notification set so it normally notifies me when your show goes live. But I don't know, YouTube does whatever it wants to do. But hey, um, I set my notification so that way I don't miss another episode. But the recap, I don't know, for some reason, the, the replay is always better. It's like, you know, when you cook a pot of gumbo, it's always better the next day. Your your replay is better than <laughs> an hour or so after your show. So you know, I'm going to definitely tune in. Um, but like I said, y'all tap in with me and Big Brother. Where we have an amazing project that we're working on that um, we are going to uh, discuss with y'all further on down the road. So look forward to that. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's always better because it's like you, you miss something the first time. And then when you go back and you watch it, you're like, oh, my God. Oh. I miss that gym, you know, I miss that jewel, you know, so I absolutely love it. Y'all tap in with Big Brother Will. Like I say, he has some amazing topics he's talking about and oh, I can't wait to watch the replay. So going into this, which leads me to this video. So the next question is, how do black mothers and grandmothers destroy their sons? So let me play this video for y'all. So I pulled this video off the um, Oprah Winfrey Network. Um, and watching this episode. Wow. I saw myself. Let me say that. I saw me in this video clip. So hold tight. And then we're going to jump into that conversation after the video. I have only known this young man 24 hours, and there's no way in the world just reading his face that I know he's gonna allow a man to abuse a woman in his presence. She doesn't think about me that way. She doesn't. Well, then you don't need to be basketball and you, going on dates so together. So what? Mind your business. You say that you don't see the man that your son is. So I'm asking you, since this is not a demonstration of a man, you need to tell me what man you're using to measure him with. Which one? My idea. Which is 
your idea. Mm -hmm. Now, is that the idea you trained him up to be? No. Oh. So how in the blazing bejesus are you holding him accountable to a standard that you didn't teach him, his father didn't give him, he don't even know what it is, and yet as his mother, you sit in his face and tell him you don't respect him as a man. Tell me how that works. Help me. Like I said, it's an, it was events. It wasn't just. I'm not talking. I'm talking about one thing. And it's also how he treats me. Yeah, but he I'm talking. Hello, 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 hello. So. You see, you are a provocative victim. You provoke stuff, and then when you start being held accountable for it, then you start twisting and turning and making the other person wrong. Look at me, ma. Look at me. Look at me. You just sat here and told your son, we ain't got a needle in his arm, who I'm assuming pays his own rent. He's married to a registered nurse. He's got three baby boys. And you just sat here in his face and said, I don't respect him as a man. Mm -hmm. And you don't think to consider what that does to his heart, to his soul, to his spirit. I'm sure that's hurtful. And you okay with that? And it's hurtful for the things that he says. Uh, but to there me. you go. You're doing it. You're doing it right now. You're doing it right now. I'm like, holding you accountable, and you spinning. You spinning your web. You're trying to get away. You're trying to get away. Tell me. Just here's the question. Just answer it. We'll get back to that okay, other stuff I, later. I, Tell me. Forgive me. I respect him. He's a wonderful man. Do you understand that your mouth, your voice, your words are connected to the coils in his heart, to the valves in his heart? He can't help but love you. And every time you dishonor that love, you chip a piece of it, chip a piece of it. This is why in our culture as black people, when the boys turn a certain age, the men come and get him and take him away from the mother because she can emotionally manipulate him. But since we don't live in our culture no more, we say what we want to say, do what we want to say, we tear our men down and then wonder why they don't make good husbands and fathers. Mothers destroy sons. His mother can speak to him in certain ways that destroy him in ways that can never be repaired. Morning, noon, and bite. It's buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Choose from a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage McGriddles, and hash browns. For lunch, enjoy a McDouble, McChicken, six-piece chicken McNuggets, and more. Buy one, get one for a dollar. You can get two of the same item or mix and match them. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value cannot be combined with any other offer.
Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that with the American Family Insurance Home Quote Tool, you can easily design a customized policy for your dream home right from the comfort of your couch. And fun paint fact, there are over 150 shades of white, like Hello White, Fluffy Bunny, Eggshell. They get it. Explore the AmFam Home Quote Tool at amfam.com slash home to learn more about your policy coverage options. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Products not available in every state. So now let's jump into that question. How do black mothers and grandmothers destroy their sons? You want to know why I'm crying? Because you saw yourself that in that so video. Mean. I did. <laughs> I absolutely did. And she said the exact word that we all run from, and that's accountability. I see so much of myself in that woman. It was so easy for me to disregard your feelings, to make me feel better. It was absolutely easy for me to be the victim because it fit my narrative not realizing and understanding how I was destroying my son I absolutely can relate to that and to see that I saw me. I saw that woman that I had to stand and look at in the mirror. Without realizing how I was destroying my child, my son. So Ezra says, I felt that the words of a parent in general carry heavy weight with their children. It's unfortunate. He said, but I literally had to cut the strings that affected me for so long so I could move on. Those same strings kept me going back, hoping to please and have the relationship I saw others had. He said it took him five years. It took me from 18 years because you're 20 now mm -hmm. I say 17 no about 15 years maybe 16, 14 years maybe to see that it was easy for me to inflict my pain on you and then I'm mad at you for you feeling the way that you feel. It was easy for me to do that. All the while, I'm not knowing that I'm literally destroying my son. 
because now you look at black women differently because of me. Would that be safe for me to say? I can't say that I did at the time, but like I said, but as I grew older, everyone's different. Not not all of them are the same. You know, at some point, black women, we have to own this. We have to hold ourselves accountable for why our sons treat women, you know, not just mothers, but dads too. But right now I'm, I'm talking to the moms, you know, and we don't do that. You know, we don't realize that the words and things that we say to our sons literally destroy them. You know, my son has anger issues now because of me. Because he holds it in. So when grandmothers tell their sons and mothers tell their sons they're worthless, they're nothing. You're gonna be like this when you grow up. You're destroying your son, you're tearing your son down. You're making your son feel like he's nothing and he'll never be anything. Because of the type of men that we've dealt with. That influences your son or your sons. We got to talk about that, moms. My personal relationships that I've had were not the best. And my children should not have should not have had to be around that. But because I was only thinking about me and not thinking about the long-term effects that my relationships would have on my children was very selfish of me. So I'm asking you, son, how do you think black mothers and grandmothers destroy their sons? Like the woman said in the video, they hold their sons to a stand, an ideal of what a man is supposed to be because of previous relationships or, yeah. Or uh, goes to saying hurt people hurt people. Yeah, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, yeah. So, do you think grandmothers? Okay, so we're going to step away from the moms for just a moment out that hurt. Grandmothers. Do you think grandmothers destroyed their sons? Like, I, I know you don't know much about your grandmother, your dad's mom. But knowing how your dad is, do you think his mom destroyed him and didn't show him or teach him 
how he's supposed to be with his children? Well, I mean, I hear he has two others and they're doing, well, I don't know how they're doing, but he still has those and I think he's in that life, I guess. Hmm. So let me say this, and, and I can only speak on my dad. Do I feel like his father showed him how to be a father? No. I don't think he did. I think my dad's mother just kind of went with the flow and didn't encourage my dad to be a good father. Maybe they did. I don't know. But only from what I've seen, you know, from what I saw, you know. My dad was, he learned from his dad. You know, his, his dad was a womanizer. My dad was a womanizer. Learn behavior. You know, so I don't feel like my grandfather, you know, my grandfather, my dad's dad was a good example for my dad to, to follow. And that's just my personal opinion, you know. And if any of my daddy's people are watching, feel free to, to chime in and correct me if I'm wrong. You know, because y'all know I don't pull no punches and I don't bite my tongue. So looking at my dad and even looking at my brother, you know, my, my brother may be a good dad to his children. I don't know because I don't have a relationship with him, but... I know looking at my dad, that's definitely not the kind of man I want. You know, I pray and, and that you'll be a better father than your dad. You know, even though your dad is not active in your life and has not been, uh, I pray that you'll be a better father to your children. You know, I, I you know, I, I pray for that daily. That you'll be a better person despite the tumultuous relationship that me and you have had over the years. Um I hope you'll do better than that. Be better than that. You know, you get what I'm saying, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. In regards to being there for your children, putting your children before your needs, you know, your children's needs come before yours. But yeah, I absolutely hold myself 100% accountable for your issues. And yeah, I do believe, you know, mothers and grandmothers, yeah, they do tear their sons down by the type of men that they bring around their sons, you know, sons look and, and feel like that this is the way a man is supposed to be. When you have a man that's laying in your house that's beating on you or he's doing drugs or he's touching on your on your child, boys grow up and they see this and they think that this is okay. So moms, 
we need to be mindful about the type of relationships that we display in front of our sons and our daughters. But tonight I'm talking about the sons. But I do feel like we destroy y'all, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, with the words. You know, we don't uplift you enough. We don't encourage you enough. We don't empower you enough. You know, we're, we're constantly tearing the black man down because of what the last man did. And that's something we need to stop doing as black women is you're tearing down your son's. You're tearing down your husbands. You're tearing down your boyfriends. At some point, we have to stop that. Because all you're doing is destroying him for him to turn around and destroy another uh, another woman. Period. You know, like I see, she said the key word in that video, and that was accountability. One of the things that a lot of us run from. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I ran from it for years until reality slapped me in the face. And it was like, you need to wake up and you need to get your shit together, period. And you're looking at the wake up call right here next to me. You're looking at the wake up call that slapped me in the face. You're looking at the wake up call that gave me a whole reality check. You're looking at the wake up call that gave me the mirror and said, you need to look at yourself now. That's the wake up call right here next to me. Whew. I'm sorry, son. You know, I don't be trying to put you on the spot, baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't be trying to. I promise I don't. I really don't. But, uh, You just, you never cease to amaze me. Do I get mad at you about some things? Yeah. Do I want to choke you out sometimes about some things? Yeah. But I have to let you work through your emotions. I have to let you work through your feelings. You know, when you broke down in my arms that day, oh, man. That was the greatest feeling ever. Not in a bad way. So don't take it like I'm saying it in a bad way. That was the greatest feeling ever because in that moment, I felt like I had finally gotten a breakthrough with you. And you were able to be vulnerable without judgment. That's how I look at that. So I love that moment. No, I didn't record it because that was not a moment that needed to be recorded. But that was that was a, a beautiful moment for me and you. You know, the way you allowed me to just hug you and, and just let you allow your tears to flow. I woke up the next day on cloud nine. I, I think I cried myself to sleep because I was just like. I'm finally making some headway with my son. I loved it. So don't feel embarrassed and don't feel ashamed because in that moment, that that was a that was a, a moment you needed. Because that was that was, you know, you were holding that in. You had it bottled up, it balled up. 
and it just took for me to kind of poke at it a little bit for you to peel just a little bit of the skin off for you to tear one of the little band-aids off so i absolutely love that that moment we had and i appreciate it were you okay after that did you how did that make you feel if, uh, it was really relieving really because i remember uh, uh a friend of mine was like you know talking about like you know how crying is like really helpful and i said yeah because you know it releases all that weight you had on your shoulder and you're just able to just let it go for even if for like a brief moment right and in that brief moment how did you feel uh really relieved really uh vulnerable but in a good way but uh it didn't make me feel good that, that's what i can say hmm. all right so let's jump on to the next one Dealing with an emotionally detached man, Lord, baby. Who is to blame, mom or dad? Or is it both? When it comes to an emotionally detached man, son, what's your definition of a man that's emotionally detached? A person, oh, oh I, I can't say someone who, like, doesn't, like, cry when they're supposed to. Because, you know, a lot of people deal with you know, like tragedies or like certain events a very different way or they have different ways of expressing it. But I would say an emotionally detached person is like, uh, say like a family member died and you didn't feel anything. E even if uh, that, per that person who passed away like they they were important in your life and you you know doesn't take the time to like mourn or anything you just don't feel anything would yeah. that be you mm -mm. definitely not because i i thought that i was but you know when i think like two or three years ago my friends passed away and you know I, I was i was upset i was like wow like like i like i like that day I, I just didn't feel like doing anything i just sat in my room and just sat there and just cried to myself so when it comes to your emotions, when you're dealing with me, would you say you're emotionally detached or your emotions? Mm-mm. I wouldn't. Mm-mm. I mean, I can't say before I was, but, you know, no, not really no mm -mm. so to me i think my definition of an emotionally detached man 
is a person that just doesn't care one way or another, you know, one way or another, you know, just kind of like, man, I'm not going to cry, man. That's, you know, that's for punks. A man, I'm, you know, mm -hmm. um, because we as women, we're left to deal with men like that, you know, that show no vulnerability. They show no side, no, no emotion period. Like when you're having a conversation with them, they just completely shut down and they're just like, okay, whatever. You know, when it comes to dealing with someone that's emotionally detached. Um, and do I feel like mom has a lot to do with that? Yeah. You know, mom and dad both. Because like I said, it goes back to my previous statement. In the beginning, when I said, you know, you have moms and dads that tell their sons, you be, if you cry, I'm going to give you something to cry about. Or you better not cry. Crying is for sissies. Real men don't cry. You suck it up. You know, you, you a man. Men don't do that. And men become emotionally detached because we didn't allow them, again, in those moments of pain, we didn't allow you to cry. Like, if you fell off your bike. I've heard men and women, I've heard grandparents tell, they, you know, their sons, get up, walk it off. It don't hurt when really it does. But I didn't allow you to feel the pain in that moment. You know, or when you're sad. I'm telling you, don't cry. Crying is for little, oh, you cry, you go to your room. But you're sad. So I'm supposed to let you cry. I'm supposed to let you feel those emotions because you're human. That's the human side of you. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. Because if I'm sad, I'm going to cry. You know, if I feel like I want to cry, I'm going to cry. You know, if I want to be angry, I'm going to be angry. If I want to laugh and joke and be happy, I'm going to do all of that because I'm human. You know, let's let's take the, the oh, he's a man, she's a woman, only women cry, boys don't cry. Yeah, they do. And we as black people need to stop telling these men that it's, that it's wrong for them to cry, that it's wrong for them to display any type of emotion. And that's not the truth. If your son comes to you crying, allow your son to cry. That does not make him less of a man because he's crying. If he's sad, allow your son to be sad. That does not make him less of a man because he's sad. He's human. And humans go through all various ranges of emotions. When you fall off your bike, you may not cry, but it hurts. You know, if you scrape your arm, you're going to be like, oh, that hurts. You know what I'm saying? Or if you bump your head or you burn your finger, you're going to be like, oh, shit, that hurts. Allow a person to feel that pain. And we as black moms, stop telling your sons that. Stop not allowing them to display their emotions. Stop it. Because, see, when he gets in a relationship with his one, you know, with his girlfriend or his wife, and she's trying to have a conversation, he's going to shut completely down because he's going to remember my mom or my dad or my grandmother or my auntie or whatever prominent female figure in my life told me that if I cry, I'm, I'm weak. Or if I display some type of emotion, I'm too vulnerable. And, and women take, take advantage of vulnerable men. Stop it. And it happens far too often in the black community. 
And then you wonder why you got these men that you in relationships with that can't emotionally be attached to you. And then you have these women that tell these men, use a whole ass nigga, you a bitch nigga, you da da da, you this, that, and the third. He didn't already heard this shit his whole life. And here we are telling him the same thing that his mama then told him. So here you are, you're tearing this man down again. Stop doing that, black women. We have got to come together and we've got to start normalizing that it's okay for our boys to display some type of emotion. So, son, I'm going to tell you in front of all these people that are watching. If you are sad and you want to cry, you cry. That does not make you less of a man. If something hurts your feelings and you're sad, be sad. You're human. That's the human side of you. That does not de-emasculate you as a man. That doesn't mean you're going to be gay because you cry. And I've heard all types of things along the way in regards to men showing their emotions that they're not supposed to. Who the hell said that? Who came up with that theory? Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard men and, and women tell their boys they better not cry? Me personally, I haven't, but I've seen, you know, people firsthand, like, not feel an emotion or like they, they, you know, they don't, or they don't feel anything, if that makes any sense. It absolutely does. Because like I said, you have these mothers and these fathers, these uncles, cousins, these family members. And this is very prominent in the black community. But a lot of people, a lot of y'all not ready to have that conversation. But it, it, it happens. And I've heard. I've heard fathers tell their sons, stop crying. Shut up. Only sissies cry. And then before you know it, they, they punching them in the chest, tell them, oh, this this going to make them a man. No, it's not. You have mothers that tell their sons, you cry, I'm going to give you something to cry about. If I whoop you and it hurts you, you're supposed to cry. So black mothers, black fathers, because it's both of us, stop telling your boys that. Stop telling your daughters that, you know, but, but they look at it as women that, you know, we're naturally supposed to cry when we're sad, you know, when we're hurt, we're, it's okay. But why is it not okay for the man? I want somebody to drop in the comments. Why is it not okay for a man to display any type of emotion? If he's feeling any emotion, why is it not okay for him to show that? Why do we have to tell you down at your weakest moment? Oh, that's right, because we're hurt. And like my son said, hurt people hurt people. So that's why we do what we do. It's a cycle. And at some point, somebody needs to say, you know what? Let me stop this. I got to break this cycle. I got to end this cycle. At some point, that's what we have to do, black people. Because we're tearing, we're destroying our sons and we're leaving these women out here to deal with these broken boys. 
that grow up to be emotionally detached men. But y'all not ready for that conversation. Y'all not ready for that conversation. But it's the absolute truth, though. It's it's like it's like a, a, like a, a merry-go-round. It's like a merry-go-ride. You know, we tell our sons this, we tell our sons that, and guess what? They carry it on into their adulthood. They carry it on, and they're like this with their children. You know, you have the dad telling the son, shut up, boy, don't cry. It don't hurt. When in actuality, it really, truly does. It really, truly does. Oh. So let's normalize allowing our black boys and our black men to display their emotions. Let's normalize that. Let's normalize and allowing our, our husbands, our boyfriends, significant other, whatever you want to call it, and your sons to cry if they need to without telling them only weak men cry. No, because I haven't seen the hardest dudes cry. And that does not demasculate them. That's what society wants you to think. That's what the world wants you to think. So black men, you want to cry, baby, cry. You want to feel some kind of hurt or some kind of pain, baby, feel that. Because let me tell you something, you still a man at the end of the day. Because real men do cry. And Ashley Pumbay Girl Interrupted said that. And my son agrees. Because my son has cried. And he's 20 years old. And I've seen him drop real tears. So it's both. Who do you think is to blame? Mom or dad? Definitely both. Why do you say both? What's your thoughts on that? Why do you say both? Uh, I, yeah, it's, it's definitely both because, you know, uh, women see men in the, or some women would see men as like uh, the provider, the one who doesn't cry, that sort of thing. And as you gave, gave examples, you know, they say, oh, cry i'll give you something to cry about like invalidating what they're crying for is for nothing mm. now through april 14th join a clean and spacious planet fitness for one dollar down and only ten dollars a month with tons of equipment and free fitness training it's the perfect place for everybody to work out even me mr i can't sleep at night so i keep dozing off during the day especially you snoozy you'll rest easier and feel fit-tacular wait how did you get in here join in club or at planetfitness.com one dollar down ten dollars a month cancel anytime hurry deal ends april 14th see club for details at lexia we know literacy changes lives as the gateway to the future for every student literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential based on the science of reading our literacy programs 
along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy. Same, same with fathers. Mm. You just hit the nail on the head with that with that comment. It's like we make you feel like what you're crying for, you shouldn't be crying about. Or it's not as as a big deal as as it is. I mean, because like I've seen. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead, babe. Not, I was saying, like, it doesn't matter, like, how big or small the situation is. If you feel sad, like, you, you should be able to feel that way. No one should invalidate your feelings of it whatsoever. So Azra says, it's both for one simple reason. Um, he said, both parents are present. If one continues to do it, the other has been allowing it. Ooh, big brother will say sometimes single mothers try to make their sons into what they want from a man. Ooh, they not ready for that conversation. They not ready for that because my son said it, that that's what women do. And we talking to a 20-year-old man. Big Brother Will says to be strong and stoic. Right. My son said, you know, he said, in the midst of us black women trying to hold our sons to the type of, to the standards of the type of men we're looking for, not realizing that we're destroying them. And then we're sending them off into the world. And guess what? Someone's daughter has to deal with that son that we've torn down. She's got to deal with the monster that we've created. She's got to deal with the animal and the demon that this child lives with. You get what I'm saying? This is what we do as black mothers. Black fathers too. But again, I'm talking to black mothers right now. You know... We're not realizing it, you know. And then if we go back to the statement I made earlier, when it comes to relationships, the type of men that we have around our sons, you get what I'm saying? If you got a son, I mean, if you got a, a man that doesn't work, he lays up in the house all day, your son is going to grow up and think that that's what a man is supposed to do. That a man is supposed to lay up while a woman takes care of him. And our daughters see that. And we think that that's acceptable behavior because this is all we've seen our whole entire lives. But a lot of people are not ready to have that conversation. That's that conversation they want to keep sweeping under the rug. That's that conversation that what happens in this house stays in this house. No, we're going to bring that type of conversation to the forefront. Black people. That's exactly what we're going to do. That's the specific type of conversation that we're going to continue to bring to the forefront. We're going to break these generational curses. We need to end these cycles. You get what I'm saying? 
We have to. And like Big Brother Will says, the problem is their sons haven't learned to address or understand what they are feeling. That, And you know why, Big Brother? Because we as mothers and fathers don't allow our sons to do that. What you say, son, about that in regards to that? He says the problem is the sons haven't learned to address or understand what they are feeling. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, most definitely, because, you know, most people don't even know, like, how to deal with a certain emotion that they're feeling. And whatever happened at home, they either, you know, like you said, think they're weak and they choose not to express it. Or if they they go to therapy, it'll be, or better yet, try to be in a, or have any type of relationship, it will be difficult for them to open themselves up to that person, to make them, to, to be vulnerable with that person. Right. And that also goes back to what you said a, a few moments ago when you said your feelings aren't validated or, or, or something to that sort of what you said. When they when you say people um don't validate your feelings like they don't what what did, repeat that what did you say again? Uh, that no, whether the situation is big or small, they or they tell them oh which or what they're crying for or the statement if I'll give you something to cry about is saying that what they're crying about is nothing, whatever they're crying about. Right. Right. Mm. That right there, man, that, you know, and that's one of the things, you know, Big Brother Will, going back to your comment, let me, let me go back to it, is we need to normalize allowing our sons to address and understand what they're feeling, you know, and that's like, you know, like I told my son, that's almost like when you fall off your bike, if it hurts, you cry or you say, oh, that hurts. You know, you say that. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're allowed to feel that. You know, or I've seen men, you know, go through their first heartbreak. You know, they, very, they first love breaks their heart. You know, they think, oh, this is who I'm going to be with forever in a day. Then they break up. And then it's almost like men are just, they shut down. But I want us to start normalizing, like you said, learning to address and understand what you're feeling. So if you're heartbroken, let's address it. Let's talk about it. Let's process it. You get what I'm saying? Let's process the heartbreak. So if that requires you crying, then you cry. If that requires you throwing their stuff away or whatever it is, throw it away. That doesn't make you less of a man. Period. That does not make you less of a man. Like I say, real men do cry. I've seen it. I've seen the hardest dudes cry. And I'm talking about boohoo cry. I'm talking about break down like a baby cry. I've seen it. And I love that part. You know, I love that. I love for a man, you know, yes, I have been toxic. And I've not allowed a man to display his emotions. And I've made him feel worse 
than what he does. I own that. But again, like my son said, hurt people hurt people. So because I was hurting, I wanted everybody else around me to hurt too. I did. I did it. So Azra says, to follow up on, I'll give you something to cry about, is stating that your internal turmoil is never anything to cry about. He said this external pain is far more pressing, which leads to holding in internal pain and learning to deal with external. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Big Brother Will, what you think about that? You know, Ezra always comes through. That, that's why I love Ezra so much. I can't wait to get him on a show with me. Um, but I love that. You know, again, that goes to you, baby boy. You know, you help you you hold a lot of stuff in. Mm. Mm. What you think about that comment, that statement? Oh yeah, for sure. Like, you know, if if a person's been told, you know, I'll give you something to cry about, invalidating their feelings, they're gonna hold in their feelings, and then who whoever whoever's like pushes or reaches that limit with them and it could be like for a minor inconvenience and they'll just like explode on them and it would uh, lead them down to a path of like trouble i'm so guilty of that i'm absolutely guilty of that that man whoo that internal pain boy That's 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 the that's the part we don't want to deal with is that internal pain. You know, we'll deal with the external, but we never want to deal with that internal pain because ooh, that internal pain. That's a beast. But at some point, that beast does rear its ugly head. It absolutely does. It rears its ugly head. I want to talk about son, the toxicity of the mother-son relationship. I want to talk about that for a moment. Because I look at our relationship. And although you were not the toxic person I was, I was the toxic one in the relationship. In the mother-son relationship, I was absolutely the toxic one. So Ezra says, it's not that we don't want to deal with it. We never learn. We were told it doesn't exist. So you never learn to properly deal with it until it was probably too late. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and to, let me, let me pull this back up for just a moment and to, to piggyback off of that or to respond to what you're saying as Um, I didn't know how to deal with it. 
you know, and I'm seeing the same pattern in my son. I didn't deal with it because I felt like it was everybody else's fault. Big Brother Will says it makes it it makes him numb to everything except external. You want to talk about that, Pop? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. <laughs> You see external pain. Yeah, because I, I, yeah, I can admit to having experienced like those internal feel or internal pains and then like brushing it off like uh it is what it is instead of like feeling that way. Hmm. Or not not yeah i can i can say like brushing it off and like saying like oh this this happened like oh i'm used to it like whatever so let's talk about christmas day let's talk about it Because I see so much of you. I no, let me change that. I see so much of me and you. In regards of how you channel your anger. Instead of addressing the person or addressing the issue. Cause that was me. You know. It, like you say, it would be the smallest thing. And because I had so much piled up here, it caused me to explode. And that's you. Big Brother Will says, or addressing the internal pain is wrong. Right. So you, son, have to process your internal pain. Because see, your internal pain, you've suppressed it for so long and you've just dealt with the external. And that's because, again, you know, going back, if, if we go back in, in the video with the mother and the son where she did you know she she tore him down and then to i didn't properly show you how to deal with your internal pain either and i can own that you know even though i mean I, i've told you but I should have shown you a better way to process your internal pain, to deal with the internal pain, to address the internal pain. Because you 
deal with the external pain wonderful. It's just that internal pain, you don't. You suppress it. The same way I used to. So in regards to your emotions, you still are somewhat emotionally detached. Maybe not as much, but you still are to a certain extent. And that's not to call you out or, or put you on the spot. So I don't want you to feel like that's what I'm doing. But again, I see so much of me and you. That, you know, when we had our conversation, that's why I told you, I've got to find better ways to help you channel your anger. Because you're either going to end up hurt, dead, or in jail because of your temper, because of your anger, because of this internal pain. So I have to work on that with you in the midst of working on it myself. I've, I've gotten better. Let me say that. But the conversation is not about me. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you. Um, and that's what I need to do as a mother is I need to create a, 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 a safe space for you to address that internal anger without interjecting or invalidating your feelings. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Would you agree or disagree with that? Yeah, I would agree, yeah. You know, that's that's because what I don't want to see happen is you get in a relationship with a nice young lady and she's trying to express her feelings to you and then you shut down. You get what I'm saying? I don't want to see you carry this on to your children, my grandbabies. Whenever I have some grandbabies, please don't rush it. Thanks. Um, you already know the rules. It's a two-hour limit. <laughs> no, but but seriously though, but but really though, um, I, I do. I want to work on that with you. I'm gonna not let me let me let me rephrase that. I'm gonna work on that with you. You know. So Azrael says. I believe internal pain is most effectively dealt with by first identifying it, second understanding it, but only by doing the first two you can even can you even get to step three, which is actively devise a way to healthy, healthily resolve it. Identifying is relatively easy, but understanding can be quite difficult. He say that's his opinion. But that's a fact though. That's 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 a fact, you know, as we you know. In order to get to step three, you do have to go through step one and step two. Like you say, you have to first identify what the problem is. That's like, you know, when you go to the doctor. Okay, let me use that 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 um, example. You go to the doctor, right, because you're having stomach pains. Well, the only way to get relief is you have to first identify what's causing the pain. Was it something you ate? Was it something you drank? And then once you identify the issue and you realize, oh, okay, so I can't drink Cokes anymore. I'm just using it as an example. So in order to get to step three, again, you have to first identify, 
you have to understand that, okay, I'm having these stomach pains and it's because I'm drinking too many Cokes. The Coke has too much acid in it. So therefore it's upsetting my stomach. So in order for me to get relief, I got, I got to stop drinking the Cokes. And that's step one, two, and three. If that makes sense. So with you, son, you, we still have to address your internal pain. Because I, I think you still have some unresolved issues that you just really kind of suppressed and really kind of pushed to the back. That you put in this big suitcase that you pushed all the way to the back of the closet. So now it's time, and I'm not saying unload it all at one time, but I'm saying it's time for you to go and it's time for you to pull that suitcase out. It's time for you to open it up. And it's time for you to address one issue at a time in order to get to the relief. Because carrying this luggage is going to constantly keep weighing you down. Do you want to carry that the rest of your life? Do you want to carry this baggage the rest of your life? Do you want the cycle to continue? Because, see, I had these suitcases. And guess what? I made you and your sisters carry these luggage, these suitcases that y'all didn't ask to carry. So guess what I had to do? I had to pull that big old suitcase out, which was the, the, the root, and I had to open it up, and I had to address every issue that was in that suitcase. I had to. And that's what, you, you know, that's one of the things that you're going to have to do. Does it hurt? Absolutely it does. It's, you know, nobody wants to deal with the pain. Nobody wants to deal with their trauma because it becomes a safe space for you. You get what I'm saying? It becomes a safe place for you to hold on to. So we hold on to this pain because it's safe. Because that's all we know is pain. But eventually, you know, you're going to want some happiness. But how can you find happiness through all the pain? How can you really, truly, genuinely say, you know what? I'm really, truly happy. And you're still holding on to this pain. And you haven't addressed the issues or issue, you know. So those one of the things that we have to do. You're going to have to pull that suitcase out. You're going to have to open it up and you're going to have to separate those dirty clothes from those clean clothes. It's one of the things you're going to have to do in order for you to truly heal. But you have to do it when you're ready, not when somebody else says you have to do it. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You have to be tired. And I was tired. You know, eventually you're going to get tired of dragging that luggage from here to there. Eventually you're going to be like, you know what? I got to get rid of this. I got to dump this trash. But you do it at your time. Not because someone tells you you have to do it. You do it because you truly want to heal. You do it because you truly want to live a happy, productive life. 
that's what you do. And I encourage that. You know, you find what works for you in regards of being able to address your issues. If that's writing, you know, if it's you doing your own podcast, you know what I'm saying? You find what works for you, what becomes a safe space for you, not just with me, but within you too. Those are one that's that's one of the things that you're gonna have to do. You got it? Mm-hmm. All right. So let's go on. The toxicity of a mother-son relationship. I could absolutely relate to that. Because, again, I was the toxic one in the relationship with me and you. You know, by the things that I would say to you, the things that I would do. It's common. Mothers could be very toxic to their to their sons. That video showed it. She was toxic to him. You know, she she tore him down. And she always made herself the victim. She always made herself the victim. In regards to that. You know, that's that's what I look at. So the toxicity of a mother and son relationship. Let's talk about it for a moment. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, it, it, it really hits them, like, really hard if it's, like, having a toxic relationship with someone that's supposed to love and care for you. Like, because, like, even if you don't have anyone, like, else to, like, lean on to, you're, you're really, like, on your own, and it's really sad and depressing. So let me ask you, what's the definition of a toxic mother-son relationship? What's your definition? I, I would say, I would say, uh, definitely a mother who belittles, belittles their son and doesn't take the time to like think about what they say, like hurts them or they or the mother only thinks about them and no one else but themselves and like doesn't like uh give their give their son a thought or it's it's like they're yeah yeah it doesn't give them a thought yeah toxic I was absolutely toxic, you know. And for a lack of better words, I was a bitch. To everybody. Especially my children, you know. Um, when it comes to, like I say, toxic relationships, you're... you're, you're lethal 
to the child. It's it's like you know being bit by a rattlesnake. You 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 know it's venomous. It's poison. And we poison our children with the things we do, the things that we say, the way we act, not just at home, but in public, you know, or around other family members. We, cre we create toxic relationships, you know, we create toxic environments, you know, and you don't necessarily have to be the toxic person, but it could be the person that's around you, the, the person or the people that you've allowed around your children create toxic environments. You know, I could look back at, you know, I won't say any names, but that was a toxic relationship. And y'all were involved in, a, in, in the toxic relationship. You know what I'm saying? Because you saw the things that went on. Very toxic. That was, you know, me only thinking about me and not thinking on the fact that what if my son grows up and, and thinks that this is okay, that it's acceptable to talk to women this way, or it's acceptable to treat women this way, or even my daughters, you know, teaching my daughters that it's acceptable for men to treat you this way, that this is what love looks like. That's toxic. You know, I go back and I look at, you know, our, our grandparents' relationships. Those were toxic relationships. Grandpa, you know, Papa out there having eight, nine, ten children. He got a whole nother family and, and, and Madea just sitting at home chilling. That's toxic. You know, allowing things that you would normally do happen, that's toxic. You, you know, we control what's toxic and what's not toxic. We, we can control that. The only way that I could clear out the toxicity between me and you is I have to be a better me. And in order to be a better me, I have to fix me. I have to heal the broken pieces of me so that way I could be healthy to you and to your sisters. And that goes with you. You know, you got to heal the broken pieces of you so that way you'll be a better man to, you know, to your wife and, and to your children. Again, it's like a cancer. You know, you, you got to cut it off. You got to cut off the blood supply in order for that, the cancer to die. And that's what me and you have to do. We have to get to the root, to the cancer of the relationship We've got to cut off the blood supply for it to die in order for us to heal. What you think about that? Would you say that that's a safe or, or, or accurate statement in regards to you got to cut off the cancer. You got to cut mm. off the blood supply. Because mm. if you're not, it would just be an endless cycle of pain. Or, like you said, a generation curse. Right. And I want the generational curses to stop with me. I want to be the one to break the curse because I want, I don't want you and your sisters to be toxic to whoever you're in a relationship with or whoever you hang around. 
Now hiring bookworms like Courtney, a crew member at the Batesville McDonald's. McDonald's is great to college students because they actually offer tuition assistance. They've basically paid for what student loans couldn't cover. We're hiring people like Courtney who are passionate about what they do. Our benefits include tuition assistance, flexible hours, paid time off, free employee meals, and more. At McDonald's, the crew is the special sauce. Join us. Apply now at McDonald'sHiresOhio.com. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy. Because toxic could, 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 does not necessarily mean uh, just a, a relationship, but you could have toxic friends, a toxic friendship. So that's my goal, you know, is to work on the toxicity that, in, that lives in between me and you. Hmm. So what you want to say in regards to that, Pop? I mean, I'm not sure what else to say. I mean, you've you've hit it. You've hit the nail on it, pretty much. It'll be pretty much like repeating what you said. So. Yeah, and then, but in your words too, you know, in in what you know, what you think, how you feel, you know, in regards to that. Like I said, I want I want to end the cycle. Because, mm-hmm. again, I want my children to go on and live healthy, productive lives and not carry this cycle on to your children and their children and, their, you know, and, and so on and so forth. So I got one more video before we jump into our last question for the night. Oh, my God, y'all, grab your Kleenex. Oh, God, y'all, this was such a beautiful moment. And this is what I want from you. This this is what I hope for you. I pray on this for you. I'm really, really proud of you. I'm really, really proud of you. I'm sorry for the damage that I did. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I was emotionally and verbally abusive. I used you as a container for my rage. The rage against my own father. I cursed God that he gave me sons because of the rage that I had. You are not responsible. You are not responsible for my rage for my emptiness and for 27 years out of my 64 I've been working on my own healing the best gift that I can give to you so you can see something different and be somebody different and do something different and I'm really really proud of you I'm really proud and what do you want to say to her I forgive you oh Okay, let me just take my shoes off. I can't take it. I can't take it no more. Forgive her for what? Let's be specific. 
forgive Let's be specific. I forgive you for. I forgive you for tearing me down. I forgive you for telling me you wish you could leave me after daddy died. I forgive you for yelling at me every day, no matter how many times I came home cleaning the house. I forgive you for every, every woman I hated because you hurt me. I forgive you for every time I hurt myself. I forgive you. I love you. I don't know what I'll do without you. But I forgive you for not being who I needed you to be. I forgive you for not being who I needed you to be, who I wanted you to be. Yeah, yeah. Who I didn't have growing up without a father. I needed you so bad and you were at work. You were gone when you got home. I was sitting on that couch. I had popped 50 pills and you walked past me and didn't even notice it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not getting help when you told me to. Sorry for putting all these kids in your life because I know at times, as much as you love them, they could be a burden to you too. I'm sorry for not acknowledging how, how much of an impact you played in my life. I can honestly say, I know I didn't have a father, but the man that you married that I remember, that's who I model myself after. I only saw it for seven years. But even though you weren't my father, you showed me how to be a parent. And I never walk away from my kids because of you. I thank you for making sure I kept God in my life. At all times, I thank you for instilling education in me. I thank you for instilling respect in people, but most importantly, myself and forgiving myself because it was hard for me to come up here. I drove six hours. I wanted to turn around so many times because I knew God was going to break me down and I didn't want it to happen yet. But I'm sick of hurting. I'm sick of dying inside. I'm sick of being in that dark room by myself screaming for help and nobody hears me. I've always heard. That was powerful.
I'm sorry. Like she said, I'm sorry for not being there for you. In the time that you needed me, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for the things that I said to you. I'm sorry for telling you that I should have had an abortion with you. I'm so sorry for putting men above you. I'm sorry for making you carry my pain. I'm sorry for not being the mother you needed me to be. I'm sorry for being verbally abusive to you. I'm sorry for... There's so many things. There's so many things that I owe you an apology for. I'm sorry for creating all those storms that you had to walk through. I'm sorry for you being my verbal punching bag when you weren't even who I was angry at. But I wanted somebody to feel my pain. I wanted somebody to hurt as much as I did. I strive every day to be better than what I was yesterday, to be better to my children. Because y'all deserve to heal me. The happy me, the healthy me. That's what y'all deserve. You don't deserve this Ashley, the broken one, the mean one, the toxic one. You want you deserve the one that holds herself accountable. You deserve the Ashley that's able to stand in the mirror and say, you know what, I fucked up. That's the mom you deserve. The mom that knows how to love. The mom that knows how to nurture. The mom that knows how to 
validate your feelings. I don't regret bringing you into this world. I do regret making you live through the bullshit that I caused and the bullshit that I was going through. I regret that because y'all didn't ask for that. That's what I apologize for. And I promise myself every day to be better every day for my babies. Y'all are absolutely my strength. Y'all are absolutely why I keep going. Y'all are my reason for living. I owe that to y'all. Especially to you. And I do hope one day that you'll actually forgive me. That's what I pray on every day. Just for a better relationship with my children. That's all that matters to me. Is that I fix myself to be right for my babies. Because that's what y'all deserve. Y'all don't deserve this. This Ashley, this horrible. You deserve a mom that loves and adores you. Because I think you're an amazing young man. I'm very proud of you. That despite everything that you've encountered and endured in life, you still grew up to be a stand-up guy. And I'm absolutely proud to have you as my son. I love you so much. You okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. That's the mom you deserve. And like I've said before, I have to forgive myself. I do. But just know every day I'm working on it. Every day. And I love you, Jacoby. I love you too.
adore you. I look at your pictures every day and I think about the times that I missed. Even though I was physically here, I wasn't mentally here with you. Oh yeah, I still think you're the coolest kid I know. I think I'm blessed with three of the most amazing children. And at times I've taken that for granted. It took for me to be broken all the way down to realize how amazing my children really truly are. But every day I get stronger. And every day I strive to have a better relationship with y'all. Every day. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I, this is not for this show. This is real. And I told you that lots of times, but I never showed you. But I do, I love you, Pop. I absolutely do. Yeah, you look like your mom. <laughs> Anything you want to say? No, I'm uh, I'm lost for words. So yeah. Mm. I understand. I want you to work on being a better you. I want us to work on being a better mother, son, mother and son. I do. And I won't stop. Until I get us back to where we're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Look like you got something to say. Mm -mm. No, I know you. <laughs> if anything, I know you're thinking about something. Mm -mm. But I love you. I really do. Mm-hmm.
for as we wind down for the night. What do you think? Can a mother teach a boy how to be a man? I'd say they can, and also they could teach them how to be a parent as well. Explain. How do you, why do you think a mother could teach a boy how to be a man? All it, it all leads to if their father was there, if, uh, or better yet, it's better with uh, them teaching them uh, how to, or Cause how do you, um, uh, man. Hmm. Yeah, it goes, it goes with, uh, if they, you know, or, or it's more like, uh, having them treat them the way they would want to be treated, I guess. If the, if that makes any sense or, if they had like a good example of what a what a man is supposed to be, they could pass that on to their sons. So do I think a mother could teach a boy how to be a man? I think to a certain extent we can, but you still need You still need that male figure in your life, a positive male figure, you know, mm -hmm. in your life. Because, and I'm not saying sons don't feel comfortable with talking to their moms about sex, but I think men and boys can relate more. That's like, you know, mothers could teach their daughters how to be women. You know, just men can teach boys how to be men. You know, like those saying goes, a son, a father is a son's first hero. And a father is a daughter's first love. You know, and vice versa. So, I think when it comes to the boy, the men showing you how to be a man, you know, how to, how to walk, how to talk, how to carry yourself like a man, what a man is supposed to look like. I can't show you what a man is supposed to look like because I'm not a man. You know, I can only bring in someone that's positive, you know, for you, you know, someone that can teach you how a man is supposed to be. You know, I could teach you the, the loving side, the nurturing side, and, and fathers can too, but fathers can, you know, show you more than what a mother can. You know, that's just my opinion. You know, like like K. Michelle say, you can't raise a man. You know, that's just how I feel on that. I'm not saying it, it's not possible, but 
it could be done, but I think more a man could teach a boy more so how to be a man than a woman can. You know, I know we're forced to do it, you know, when the father leaves or he dies or whatever the situation is, you know, we're forced, you know, and again, you, you know, like the young man said in the video, the man that his mother married was who he emulated himself after because that was a man. You know, you can't emulate yourself after me. So, all right, well, let's roll into the final thoughts for tonight. What do you have to say, Pop? Uh, basically, like, you know, mothers, please, like, don't invalidate your child's feelings. Let, let them feel however they want to feel, no matter how big or small the situation is. Let, let, let them, you know, because you don't want them to be emotionally attached. Like, no one. Mm -mm. So we have another comment that rolled in. He said a mother could teach a boy about respect, about courtship, but I don't think they could teach them to be a man. I do believe that is the role of a dad or a male figure in the boy's life. A mother can teach a boy many things, but how to be a man, I do not believe is one of them. One of them. She could guide him in the right direction, but not actually teach my opinion. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't show him what a man is supposed to be like because I'm not a man. You know, I can show you how to love and, and, and be the nurturing part. But dad teaches you how to be a man or, or a brother. You know, you have brothers that step in, you know, older brothers that step in to guide their little brothers or you have uncles that step in to be the father figures in their nephew's lives. Again, because the father has left, maybe the dad has passed away. Maybe the dad is incarcerated. But... I just wholeheartedly agree. Only a man could teach a boy how to be a man. You know, that's just my public opinion. So my final thoughts. Tonight we talked about black mother-son relationships. Boys in the motherhood. Do we contribute to the development and masculinity of the black man? Yeah, we do. Who's to blame when it comes to dealing with an emotionally detached man? Mom and dad. You know, how do we destroy our sons? You belittle them. You know, you stop belittling them. You know, stop making them feel like they're worth nothing. The hurtful things that we see destroys our sons. The hurtful things that we do destroys our sons. It's time for us as black mothers to normalize healthy mother-son relationships. As black mothers, it's time for us to hold ourselves accountable when we fall short and stop pointing the finger and, and forcing the children to carry the weight of your pain. 
We owe it to our children. And this goes to mothers and fathers. We owe this to our children to give them the healthy versions of us. These children deserve love. They deserve their emotional needs to be met, their mental needs to be met, their spiritual needs to be met. We've got to, we've got to normalize that. We've got to break these cycles. We have to break these generational curses because at some point it's going to keep going and going and going. Stop it. Stop the cycle. Don't allow your children to carry this cycle on to their children and their children carry it on to their children. And it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Let's normalize healthy mother-son relationships. Let's normalize healthy mother-daughter relationships. Let's normalize healthy father-son relationships. And let's continue to normalize healthy father-daughter relationships. Let's come out of the mentality of what goes on in this house, stays in this house. Let's stop that. Let's start having these uncomfortable conversations. Let's start healing each other. Mothers need to heal their sons. Mothers need to heal their daughters. Fathers need to heal sons. Fathers need to heal daughters. And we as parents need to heal ourselves. Because again, these children deserve the healthy version of us, not the broken version. That's what these kids deserve. These children deserve to grow up in loving, stable, healthy environments, healthy homes, not toxic environments and toxic relationships. Because guess what? That man or that woman is left to deal with the bullshit that we created amongst these children. And those are my final thoughts for tonight. So y'all already know. Y'all tap in with Black Girl Interrupted. Y'all know I am live every Tuesday, every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Don't forget, subscribe to Black Interrupted on you. Run them subscribes up for your girl. Come on now. Any episodes you miss, you know you can watch the replay. I am available on all the streaming platforms. I'm on Apple podcast i'm on spotify i'm on google podcast i'm on iheart i'm on deezer i'm all over the place come holla at your girl don't forget tomorrow night i am doing a special round table event and open farm i got a special guest coming on with me tomorrow night and that will be at 7 p.m central time and then thursday uh, new episodes. We starting the month of July with some amazing episodes. Some stuff that's going to get a little deep for y'all. So don't forget, every Tuesday, every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Again, follow me on Instagram. Follow me on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter. Again, I'm available on all the streaming platforms. Most definitely want to thank my son for coming on with me tonight. As always, and allow me to be vulnerable with you. Anything you want to say? It's a pleasure to be here. And hopes we could do this again. You know you always. You know I always bring you on the show. I always drag you into some type of conversation. <laughs> but I always enjoy the conversation between me and you. I absolutely do. So I will see y'all tomorrow night. 
at 7 p.m. Central Time. Again, it's an open farm, baby. And then I'm going to be doing a recap of the episodes and talking about what's to look forward to in July. So don't forget to tune in with your girl tomorrow, 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Love y'all. See y'all tomorrow night. Now through April 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for $1 down and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, Mr. I can't sleep at night, so I keep dozing off during the day. Especially you, Snoozy. You'll rest easier and feel fit-tacular. Wait, how did you get in here? Join in club or at PlanetFitness.com. $1 down, $10 a month, cancel any time. Hurry, deal ends April 14th. See club for details. At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy.